Welcome in, everybody. Sharpening the Edge Bowl season. Going to pick all the games week one, along with Lucas Rymeek. I'm Dennis Fithy, and as we are ready to go, we have uh, 24 bowl games to pick, including a half dozen that start tomorrow. So we're going to pick the games that run through December the 16th all the way to December the 27th in what we will call part one of the bowl selections. Lucas, are you locked and loaded and ready for all of that? I'm ready to go. I've got like 11 pages of notes on the uh, 24 games we're going to pick. So I got, got a lot of stuff to talk about. I, uh, I did. I'll admit I had to do a lot of research for a lot of these games. I don't watch most of these teams regularly. So a uh, fair amount of research went into this. And uh, 60, 55, and 2 on the season. So just over 500 by a few games there. It's it's hard to complain anytime you're over 500 as a sports betting person. But I oh. uh, prefer to be farther distance from 500 than I actually am. So hopefully these bowl games will help provide me with that. It's tough if we're going to include the bowl games in the record, you know, grinding out conference USA and Sunbelt, you know, you got to know who's uh, sitting out, who's opting out, who's transferring, who's in the, the portal and all of that. It seems like there's a lot of quarterbacks that have, uh, have gone into the transfer portal for a lot of these bowl games. I do have to say, you know, like there's two games and I'll note the two, there's two that I am just picking with uh, my heart. Like, I'm just, I, I didn't put the analysis in there. Like, I'm like, okay, this is the reason. I got a family connection there. I went to school there. That's why I'm going with them. I didn't lean into the uh, the statistics. So I'll, I'll note that uh, when we get to it. But before we do go to the bowls, we do during the season and sharpening the edge, pick, you know, Michigan, Michigan State. We don't have that bowl game to pick for Michigan State. But we also pick the, uh, the Lions. And they are playing tomorrow night in a, an eight fifteen tilt at home, Ford Field. They're bringing in the Denver Broncos, the 7-6 and six Broncos who started the season brutal, but they have turned things around. The Lions, 9-4, and four, things looking a little bit shaky, especially after last week against uh, Chicago, although they look like they're a sure thing to get into the postseason. Just what will they do when they get there? Lucas, I'll let you kick this off. Four and a half points you have to lay. If you like the Lions tomorrow, are you willing to do that? Yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, mostly just buying kind of like the Lions bounce back here. I think Goff playing at home, I've talked about that quite a few times this year. He's much better when he's at home playing in a dome. Uh, he seems to have some sort of a comfort level there that he has that he doesn't have when he's on the road particularly. Um, I think he was from Cali originally. He's uh, went to Cal, obviously, and then played in LA for a while he's kind of like a warm weather quarterback I think he kind of struggles in the colder weather I don't know if it's like gripping the ball or he just this doesn't throw it as well when it's cold out there but he plays a lot better when it's warm and playing inside in a dome and that certainly applies for this game uh get the Broncos at home uh really just betting on the bounce back I think the defense is it's okay it's it's like the secondary has been a problem all year I still think the front seven's pretty good when they have everyone healthy they haven't had uh their I think it's Willie McNeil. He's been their primary run-stuffing D-tackle that's been yeah. out the last couple of weeks. Um, so he's he's definitely a big part of defending the run, and they're much better defense when they stop the run first and then force teams to pass. Um, in the last few weeks, without him in there, it's been a bit of a struggle um, doing anything, really. Uh, but I think the Broncos' offense, I don't think they're like a juggernaut by any means. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to give them a ton of problems. He's not near as mobile as he was early on in his career. Um, so I'm going to bet on that Lions bounce back here. I'll take the four to five, the four and a half here at home. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I 
there's a part of me that thinks the Lions could just win this one by three. They better not lose. You know, they, they lose this one. People are going to freak out. They look like they're going to get Frank Ragno back, and now they're going to lose their their left tackle. I mean, this thing is uh, they just can't get their offensive line together, and they continue to have these injuries, although they are getting maybe somebody back in the secondary there. I think being at home and Saturday night, that place is going to be juiced up. Uh, I like the Lions to cover the four and a half as well. So I am with you. All right. Without further ado, let's get to the bowls and they do start tomorrow early in the morning. First up 11 AM. It's the Myrtle beach bowl, Georgia Southern against the Ohio Bobcats out of the mid American conference at first glance, nine and three Ohio, not too shabby six and six, uh, Georgia Southern, but you see JSO is favored by two and a half. I'll give you the honor since you have the better record than me. You can go ahead and pick this one first. Sure. I'll take the Bobcats plus the two and a half. Curtis Rourke is kind of their star quarterback there for Ohio. He's not going to play in this game. He's in the portal. Sounds like uh, Indiana might be kind of where he's leaning based on what it seems like so far. But they do play really good defense. They're fifth nationally in scoring defense. Now some of that's just playing in the conference that they do. Uh, not a ton of great offenses there in the MAC, uh, but then Georgia Southern on the other side, they lost their last four games. So like, just really, they got the bowl eligibility pretty early on in the year, and I don't know if they just coasted or quit or if they had a bunch of injuries or what. But they did not play well down the stretch. Uh, their quarterback Davis Brin, uh, he did throw for three thousand yards, twenty-two touchdowns, but he also threw sixteen picks. So kind mm-hmm. of like all over the place there in terms of accuracy and throws a lot of interceptions. With Ohio's defense being pretty good, at least defending um, teams from scoring, I think they're going to be able to ride that, force a couple turnovers in this game, and cover that plus two and a half, maybe even went out, right? So I'll take Ohio. All right, I'm going to go to the other side here. They're going to be playing on the teal turf of Coastal Carolina. I would have liked Ohio, and I looked into it, but, you know, you already mentioned they lost their uh, quarterback. They also lost their top two wide receivers and their top two running backs. I mean, their entire offense is in the portal. I mean, how are we supposed to know where we're going to get there? Sure, their defense is all right, but, I mean, how are they supposed to score at all? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think Georgia Southern will cover the two and a half. So let's get to the New Orleans Bowl. That features Jacksonville State, coached by Rich Rodriguez, against Louisiana the raging Cajuns and Jacksonville state is favored by two and a half in this one. I looked at some turnover numbers in this one. Jacksonville state is tied third nationally in takeaways. And on the flip side, Louisiana coughs it up an awful lot. They're tied for 107th in giveaways, turnovers really favor the Gamecocks in this one and Rich Rod. So I will lay the two and a half and I'll take Jacksonville State. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. It's back in Rich Rod as well. They played South Carolina team tough a uh, few weeks ago. They were tied at 28 heading into the fourth quarter against an SEC team. I guess the SEC team, South Carolina, probably wasn't all that motivated to play in that game, but it's still playing an SEC team on the road tied through three quarters. So that's a pretty impressive effort to me. Now, uh, their quarterback, Zion Webb, he's kind of a dual threat guy. Uh, he can hurt you on the ground just as much as he can through the air. I don't really think Louisiana is all that good. Their statistics are mostly mediocre to bad, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I think they're—I don't think they're as good as their record says they are at six and six. I think they're more of a five and seven, even four and eight type team in most years, playing a normal schedule. 
Um, so I will take the Jacksonville State to cover that two and a half there. Two down, 22 to go, 3.30 tomorrow. Stay in the Mid-American Conference. There's Miami of Ohio taking on Appy State, and the Mountaineers are favored by six and a half. What do you like in this one? I'm going to take Ohio in this one plus the six and a half there. Um, I like their defense, their seventh national and scoring defense. Again, some of that's just playing in the MAC and bad offenses, but it does signify that they have a quality defense nonetheless. App State's quarterback, Joey Aguilar, he had a pretty good year for them. He threw for 3,500 yards, 33 touchdowns, and nine picks. But um, the caveat, they played a similar caliber defense uh, that they're going to face in this game. Troy and the Sun Belt, they're ranked pretty similarly in a lot of the stats. Um, and they only scored 23 against them in that Sun Belt title game. Uh, so I think App State's going to win this game, but I do like uh, Miami of Ohio to cover that six and a half. I was thinking along the lines uh, of you, except the Red Hawks are down to their third string quarterback. I mean, they're not even going with their starter. So, I, you know, you just start thinking like, you know, if Michigan was on their third string quarterback, what would you think about their chances uh, in a game? That's where the Red Hawks are sitting here. Um, and, and that's why I just have to lay the six and a half. I don't like taking favorite after favorite after favorite. <laughs> but that is going to continue to be the case here as I go to the New Mexico Bowl. And this little uh, reminder for people that are watching or listening, I asked Lucas to identify his five favorite picks of the 24 that we'll be selecting. And I'm going to do the same. And this is one of my favorite picks of the, uh, the first 24 bowl games. And it is in the New Mexico Bowl and it's New Mexico State. This is New Mexico State has been a terrible football program. They've won the uh, ten games for the first time in over sixty years. Jerry Kill, the former head coach at Minnesota, he is a good football coach. The Bulldogs on the other side have lost their last three. I am laying the three and a half here. The Conference USA, New Mexico State Aggies, to beat Fresno State. That's one of my favorite picks of these first 24 bowl games. What about you? I'm going to join you on that train. Uh, like you mentioned, Jerry Kill there has done a really good job with the program. They uh, they also beat Auburn pretty famously 31-10 to 10, just before the Iron Bowl. Uh, their quarterback sounds like he's questionable in this game. He hurt his elbow in the conference title game. But with that much time off, um, it sounds like uh, reading the tea leaves, it seems like he might be able to play, uh, but they haven't come on and set it out right. Their backup quarterback, though, uh, Blaze Berlowitz, which I thought was a great name. Just had to say yeah. it uh, on the air. <laughs> uh, I actually was, I saw some highlights of him. Um, I don't remember how it came up in my Twitter feed. But uh, he actually looked pretty competent. Uh, Jeff Tedford there is the head coach for Fresno State. Uh, is going to miss this game due to some health reasons. Yeah. I will ride the Aggies with you on that one. I uh, had that one at 28 to 23. And they'll be, I guess it's at home, Albuquerque, New Mexico. They'll be going crazy for the uh, Aggies in that one. That gets us to some uh, familiarity here where we go to the L.A. Bowl at SoFi in Inglewood. You got the UCLA Bruins taking on the Boise State Broncos out of the Mountain West. The UCLA Bruins favored by five and a half. Who do you like here? I'm going to take the Broncos plus the five and a half. I uh, like a lot of the underdogs in the bowl season. It's a pretty chaotic time of year. Uh, so a lot of the time upright upsets um, hit more often than not. Um, but anyways, in this game, UCLA's DC. I thought he really did a tremendous job for them this year. 
left for the same position at USC, uh, just across town. UCLA's offense just never really figured it out this year. Started with Dante Moore at quarterback, switched to Chase Garbers partway through. He wasn't playing particularly well either. Um, it's It was just kind of a mess the whole year. They never really got the offensive line clicking. But then Boise State on the other side, like they fired their head coach partway through the year. And they rallied behind the interim guy who's now going to be the full-time head coach. They, uh, they handed him the reins after he led them um, on a strong finish and won the Mountain West. Um, and Ashton Ginty for a really good year for Boise State at running back, had over 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns. I'm going to take the Broncos to cover the four there with all of the question marks for UCLA. Uh, might even win that game outright. Yeah, it's interesting. You said four. That's where I had this number a day or two ago. Now it's up to five and a half. So this is one of those scary ones. You wonder about it. I know that UCLA, they lost their best defensive lineman who's uh, opting out to go to the pros. I mean, you just look at the numbers here, the Bruins defense, uh, number one rushing D in the country, yielding under 70 yards a game. But uh, and now this line is really moving, which scares me. But I'm going to join you. A lot of upperclassmen on Boise State. And uh, I think they can keep it close enough. I don't know. I'm going to take Boise State and the points. I am with you on that. All right, let's get to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, Cal and Texas Tech. How about this one? You got Texas Tech favored by three and a half. Uh, I, I just looked at, again, the numbers in this one. I have a hard time picking Cal. They have such a bad defense. They allowed 50 points five times this year. And they also have nine players in it. This is the transfer portal bowl. Cal has 15 or not. I'm sorry, nine players in the transfer portal. The Red Raiders have 15 in the transfer portal. How can you even bet this game? Maybe that screams take the points, but that Cal defense is so bad. I have to take, I'm compelled to take Texas Tech and lay the three and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Cal on this one. Uh, it was going to be a really good running back matchup game. Jade Knott for Cal and Taj Brooks for Texas Tech. But Jade Knott just this afternoon announced he's not going to play. Uh, he's going to opt out and head to the NFL. Um, I I kind of drew this up as whoever runs for more yards in this game is probably going to win. Tyler Shock for Texas Tech. He entered the portal. Sounded like Louisville might be the destination there. Um, so without their, their starting quarterback, um, Jay not not playing for Cal, a lot of question marks, like you mentioned, a lot of people in the portal as well. So I was looking at the rush defense statistics, um, given what I've already talked about. Cal is 39th in rush defense, Texas Tech 94th. So mm -hmm. just simply looking at the rush defense, I think this is going to be a game whoever runs for more yards wins. I'm going to side with Cal uh, and take the three and a half there um, to cover. All right. I should say that uh, these last two, these last three games, uh, New Mexico, Boise, and Texas Tech have been three of my favorite picks of the week, as well as this next game is going to be as well. Monday, December the 18th, we have the famous Toastery Bowl, which I believe is a restaurant chain. I've never been there, but here we are. Anyways, uh, this was the old Bahamas Bowl, but they're renovating the stadium and they have moved this game to Charlotte, North Carolina. It just doesn't have the same feel if you're calling it the Bahamas Bowl and you're playing it in Charlotte. So they called it the famous Toastery Bowl or the FTB. Old Dominion is favored by three in this game. I'll give the selection to you. I'm going to take Western Kentucky plus the three. This was my uh, fifth most confident game, so confidence level 
the five there. Uh, Austin Reed, um, Malachi Corley are a really good quarterback wide receiver tandem for the Hilltoppers. Uh, I think the wrong team's favored in this game. I had this at Western Kentucky minus two and a half, uh, looking at the numbers I was looking at. So I, I will take those plus three gladly. And uh, I think they're going to win this game outright. One of my more confident picks in this bowl season. So I like that one. I'm with you as well. And uh, Austin Reed, a lot of the reason why Hilltoppers, they have themselves a quarterback in this one, 31 TDs, over 3,300 yards. I was struggling to see why the Monarchs were favored by two and a half. So uh, I'll probably bet this one on the money line. I have a star next to it as well as one of my five favorites. So we are in agreement on this game. All right, let's get to uh, Tuesday. We have the University of Texas San Antonio. I believe that's what UTSA stands for. They are taking on Marshall in the Frisco Bowl, which is not in San Francisco, but Frisco, Texas, which is pretty close to San Antonio. If you take a look, uh, how about the line in this one? It was 13. It is down to 11. I'm going to make the selection here. Frank Harris, the quarterback of the what Roadrunners, right? They are um, Frank Harris is in his seventh season. I was reading about him. The, the, the only uh, athlete that's more popular in San Antonio right now is Victor Wembenyama. Uh, down to 11, you know, uh, Chad Pennington's son is playing for Marshall, uh, zero TDs, six interceptions, not something that's making me feel real good. That's why you have the double digit points there, but, uh, UTSA at home, Frank Harris is last game. They're going to blow him out. I have to lay the 11 points and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm back in the road runners in this one as well. This is in my top five most confident picks. This was my fourth most confident pick. Like you mentioned, uh, UTSA, they had a really good season. Jeff Trailers, the head coach there, he got looked at for a lot of the bigger jobs that were going on this cycle. Uh, kind of end up just being the odd man out, kind of like he was second in the running there at Texas A&M. You mentioned Frank Harris. Uh, last offseason, I know there were some rumblings that bigger schools were kind of sniffing around, trying to get him to enter the portal, trying to get him to come play for him, maybe doing some tampering uh, allegedly going on there. Marshall on the other side, they only have six wins. Five of them came at home. They're just kind of looking at their schedule and how that broke down. It seems like they play significantly better when they're at home versus on the road. This one playing in Texas against UTSA. Like you mentioned, Frank Harris is their last game. Marshall also, they have 18 guys in the portal. So just a staggering amount of their rosters is not going to participate in this one. I really like UTSA to cover that spread there. So I'll take that. Okay, that gets us out to a place that I wouldn't mind being uh, coming up this Thursday. That is Boca Raton, Florida, the uh, beautiful FAU stadium. I don't know the stadium, but the surrounding area certainly is beautiful. South Florida is uh, in this game. The Bulls out of the American Athletic Conference uh, hosting the Syracuse Orangemen out of the ACC. You get two six and six teams here. The Orange favored by three. I'll make the pick here. I look, the UCF defense is near the bottom of the American Athletic Conference. That's why I am picking Syracuse and laying the three points. With you on that one as well, uh, both six and six. One of them did it in the ACC. One of them did it in the AAC. So just see a lot better strength of record there uh, for Syracuse. I'll take the three points. 
All right. I can't wait for your pick for the Gasparillo Bowl. That's where we're at next. That's Georgia Tech and UCF. Again, you have two six and six teams. They're Power Five, ACC and Big 12. UCF, they are favored by four and a half in this one. How do you see it? Yeah, just totally honest. The spread, I have no idea how this game is going to go. I've tuned into Georgia Tech a few times this year. Uh, just they're just so erratic. They are all over the place. Both offenses, I think, are are pretty good, high quality in this game. Gus Melzahn there at UCF. Uh, he's pretty pretty much known for just having good offense and not really caring about defenses. And um, I think that rings true for both of the teams this year. Uh, both Georgia Tech and UCF. Both teams really want to run the ball as well. And both defenses rank uh, below 75th in like successful successful tackle rate. Um, so both teams like to run the football. Both of them like to put up points and score. Both teams struggle at tackling. So I'm just going to go with the over 64 and a half. That was, um, that's kind of an, uh, an opt out because I have no idea how the spread is going to shake down. Uh, just both teams being so unpredictable. But I do think there'll be points no matter what. So I'll go over the 64 and a half. Yeah, it's hard when you start looking at, well, here's Georgia Tech's best win. Here's their best loss. Same thing with UCF. That got pretty confusing. I started looking at the stats. The Yellow Jackets rushing defense dead last in the ACC. That made me think that UCF might be able to run the ball on them, and that's why I picked them to cover the four and a half. Give me the the Knights of UCF. That is going to take us to Saturday and the 68 Ventures Bowl, and that is uh, my alma mater, Eastern Michigan. They are taking on South Alabama. And, you know, I got to say, Chris Creighton, they should build a statue of him in Ypsilanti for getting uh, Eastern to yet another bowl game last year. I hope last year wasn't just the highlight of uh, Eastern Michigan football where he had uh, in the Potato Bowl, their first victory since 1987, where they dumped a a vat of uh, French fries on Creighton. Uh, I like that. What I don't like is the 16 and a half points. Now I see it's down to 15 and a half. I, I was trying to figure out why this number was so big. I did see that South Alabama went to Oklahoma state earlier this year and smacked around the Cowboys 33 to seven. So uh, that's pretty impressive, but this is one of those games where I am, you know, just telling everybody that I'm taking Eastern with my heart and the 16 and a half or 15 and a half, uh, give me the Eagles. I'm going to fight you on that one. I'm going to take the uh, South Alabama Jaguars. Uh, Eastern Michigan is going to be missing their starting quarterback. He's in the portal. Uh, even with him, they didn't beat a bowl-eligible team all year. Um, South Alabama, though, like you mentioned, they beat Oklahoma State, but they also have a lot of performances that were subpar. Uh, you're just kind of looking at the box scores. Um, the quarterback, Carter Bradley, did throw for like 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns. The running back with Damian Webb, he had over 1,000 yards and 17 total touchdowns. They can score. They can move the ball. I got South Alabama winning that one 31-13, so I'll take them to cover that spread. All right. We hope you're wrong about that one. Let's get to the Birmingham Bowl, the 76 Birmingham Bowl. I don't know if there have been 76 of them, but here we are. We've got Troy and Duke. Duke, I mean, there's no coaches in this game. You got uh, Elko goes to Texas A&M, and then you have 
Troy's coach. He is leaving to Tulane. You've got Riley Leonard. You like him from Duke, you'd say, but you know he's off to Notre Dame. So this is a tough one to handicap. But I'm going to take Duke. This is one of my favorite plays of the bowl season. I like the seven and a half. I know they don't have their starting quarterback, but I certainly think they can uh, keep it close. I like them outright over Troy out of the Sun Belt. Uh, give me Duke plus the seven and a half. And one of my favorite of the 24 games that we're going to pick in the Birmingham Bowl. I'm going to fight you on this one as well, but uh, it's now one of my more confident picks. So take of that what you will. Um, but like you mentioned, both teams are going to be missing um, important players. Their head coaches moving out of different jobs. Uh, Duke starting running back and their best edge defender are also in the portal or going to the NFL. Um, so they're down seven starters that are gone uh, for what I could tell from Duke's roster already. Um, and then Troy on the other side, not a ton of opt-outs. Their roster is mostly still intact. I think they're going to be more motivated just going against the power five team. Uh, so that, that was really all I was going on. Uh, just looking at the motivation factors, how many people already jumped ship at Duke trying to get to bigger and better schools for next season. And then Troy's team mostly coming back. Um, and then the motivation factor there for Troy to beat a power five team. So I'll go Troy uh, to cover that seven and a half. And that number is up to eight and a half. These lines have been really moving. I just put these down yesterday and uh, you can see big time movement in a lot of these. Let's, take it to the next game here, the Camilla Bowl, which features uh, Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. This is a full disclosure game for me. Uh, I have a lot of family from Northeast uh, Arkansas, and that is where Jonesboro is at, and that's where Arkansas State is located, and they have their coach, Butch Jones, who's Michigan-born, played at Ferris State, coached at Central Michigan. Uh, I am taking the Red Wolves in this game without knowing much about them, except that they play on Crowley's Ridge in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and they'll be coming into Michigan next year to take on the Wolverines. Give me Arkansas State. I'm going to take Northern Illinois, uh, former MSU quarterback Rocky Lombardi, starting quarterback there for NIU. Arkansas State, they have a more than capable offense. They're 64th in scoring, um, NIU's 80th. However, when I was looking at the defenses, NIU is the 29th best scoring defense um, nationally, and Arkansas State is 104th. So I just saw a much bigger discrepancy there in the quality of the defenses than the quality of the offenses. So I will take the defense and the quarterback um, for Power 5, uh, Rocky Lombardi, the veteran. I'll take them to win outright, so I'll just take them plus the one. All right, we're rolling through these games, and I'm going down to the next one. That's Camilla Bowl, and now we have the Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl, taking on uh, James Madison, and you have JMU favored by three. How did you handicap this game? Uh, yeah, so this was one of my more confident games. I had this as my third most confident game. James Madison there, obviously, CC 11-1. and one. They had a really good year. Their quarterback took – yeah, sorry. Their quarterback is in the transfer portal, and their head coach is off to Indiana. Um, sounds like the quarterback could follow him, could go somewhere else. Um, not totally decided, but he's not going to play in this one. Both teams like to play good defense, though. Both rank in the top 20 in scoring defense. So with backup quarterback and kind of a skeleton staff there for JMU, I'm going to go with the under 41 there, uh, and it's my third most confident play. So I really like that uh, that under with James Madison in Air Force. 
Yeah, the thing that I looked at in the numbers here, the Air Force, of course, we know that they really like to run the ball. James Madison, they have the best rushing defense uh, in the country right up there, 61.5 yards. They yield. I think UCLA was number one. I mentioned them earlier, but JMU is up there in Air Force number two in rushing. So this was a nice play by the bowl selection committee, a team that can run it and the team that's really good at stopping the run. When that happens, I'm going to take the defensive side, and that's James Madison, and I will lay the three points in that one. That'll get us to the – it seems like we already picked this game, but we didn't. A potato bowl, Georgia State and Utah State. They'll play this one up in Boise. I looked at the numbers in this one, and you've got Utah State favored by a point and a half. Uh, Georgia State late season collapse. And they've got more players in the transfer portal. Uh, That is why I am going to go to Utah State out of the Mountain West in this one. Yeah, when I was looking through the teams um, and the uh, the metrics where they rank, Utah State's defense is 115th nationally in scoring defense. So, like, in the bottom 15 of all of FBS there, all of FBS. Georgia State, actually, their offense is pretty decent on paper at least. Um, even though they rank 77th in scoring offense, it, like it doesn't really look that good. But you look uh, into the the players that they have. Their quarterback Darian Granger, he's got some mobility to him. He threw for 2,500 yards and 25 total touchdowns. Their running back Marcus Carroll ran for over 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. So I think that uh, the backfield pairing there of those two going against a really bad defense, I'm going to take Georgia State uh, to cover that plus one and a half. I think they're going to win outright. So I like that one and a half. We'll go right back to you. This was a tough one to handicap Utah and Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl. You got a big 10 team in there, and Utah, pretty good team this year, but you get a look of closely at this matchup. Utah favored by six and a half. What did you see, and what did you come out with in this one? Yes, this is my my second most confident pick in bowl season. A lot more familiarity, obviously, with these two teams, uh, one being in the Big Ten. Utah, I watched a handful of times this year. Uh, a few things that stuck out, Utah, both their top two quarterbacks that played this year in the portal. Cam Rising was their star quarterback. He was supposed to come back for a senior year, what it would have been this year. Um, but he had an ACL injury, injured it late last year. They thought he was going to be coming back sometime partway through this season, but uh, sounds like after kind of reevaluating, he might have re-injured it as well. They're going to go the redshirt route and have him come back for next year. So doesn't sound like he's going to play in this game from everything I've gathered. Um, and kind of looking at the circumstances there, Northwestern, they had a pretty good year also uh, just to make it to a bowl, given that everything they went through uh, in the offseason with Pat Fitzgerald, pretty impressive effort just to get them to seven and five. Uh, but neither team really scores points. So I'm just going to go with the under 41 and a half here. That's a stylistic play for me. Uh, quarterbacks missing for Utah. Northwestern's not exactly known for lighting up the scoreboard either. Uh, it's one of my more confident plays. I like that under 41 and a half quite a bit. Yeah, I stayed away from the totals, but I can totally see where you are at with that. What I'd leaned on in my selection of this one was the transfer portal. You've already mentioned some of those uh, Utes players. That's right way to say it that have uh, ejected and they are out of Utah. Uh, I like the Cats uh, in this play to keep it in a close and a low-scoring game. So I'm taking Northwestern plus the seven, although I see it says six and a half. Now, uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. Everywhere I go, you know, the the, the 
the lines have changed a lot. Well, uh, let's see if it's happened in this game. The Hawaii Bowl, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers against the San Jose State Spartans. You know, no Grayson McCall. I, I was ready to take Coastal Carolina. I'm like, well, there's probably no way he's going to play. No, he's in the portal. If you look at the San Jose State quarterback, he is playing his final game, and he is from Hawaii. So he's getting to go back where he came from. I see that Lucas ejected like he hit the transfer portal. Uh, we'll get him back. The selection here for me is going to San Jose State because of that, because of the quarterback heading back to the island to play his final game. I know it's a lot of points to give up the 10 points, but give me SJSU minus the 10 based on the quarterback going back home to play his final game. Yeah, I'm with you on this one as well. Uh, Grace McCall there out for Coastal, transferring to NC State. Brent Brennan's the head coach there at San Jose State. I think he's actually done a pretty good job there. Uh, it's kind of a tough place to win. Uh, so I'll, I, I think he's done a good job there. Um, seven and five is pretty impressive for them. He's kind of an offensive guy. He's been in the mix for some bigger jobs. I know he was pretty close to getting that Stanford one uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but I will take the Spartans to cover the 10 points in that one. I got them winning 27 to 14. I'm going to give you some uh, quick picks here. Bowling Green and Minnesota, because it's the quick lean bowl. Uh, I struggled looking at this one, but, you know, I'm thinking Big Ten over the Mac because BG, when they got beat, they got hammered 27 to nothing by Miami of Ohio, uh, 38 to 7 by uh, Ohio. That's where they lost here. And I just think, you know, the Big Ten over the Mac in this one, you're laying three and a half. Give me the Gophers over BG. Yeah, it's definitely a question mark. I was going to take the Falcons plus the four. Um, just because I was pretty impressed with Bowling Green when they played Michigan. Um, Ethan Kaliak-Manis from Minnesota, their starting quarterback, is in the portal. They're a highly regarded defensive coordinator. Joe Rossi got hired to the same position at Michigan State, um, so we'll be playing him uh, in years in the future. Uh, but I thought he did a pretty good job there as the D.C. there in the past few years. Connor Bazelak as the quarterback for Bowling Green, if you remember. He, he, he originally was from Missouri. Um, transferred from Missouri. He's played some power five teams, played in the SEC before. And I always thought he was pretty good. It's kind of an underrated type guy. Good quarterback for Bowling Green. I got them uh I got them covering that four so and uh, might even win outright. So I'll take that plus four. All right. Let's hear your analysis of the first responder bowl, the Bobcats and Owl, Texas State and Rice in former Wolverine Gerald J. Ford Stadium down in Dallas, Texas. I don't know why they named the stadium after him. I thought he was from uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, but what do I know? Uh, you have Texas State favored by four in this one. Yeah, so I was looking at the uh, the rosters from these two teams. JT Daniels, former five-star signee um, at USC, transferred over to Georgia, was eventually uh, replaced um, at Georgia as a starting quarterback there as well, ended up at Rice. He's actually having a pretty good year, but he just had to medically retire. Uh, just before this bowl game. Luke McCaffrey is the receiver there, leading receiver there for Rice, um, younger brother of Dylan uh, McCaffrey, former Wolverine, Christian McCaffrey, NFL superstar. Sounds like he is going to play. TJ Finley there is the quarterback for Texas State. Uh, he, he was a former four, uh, high-rated four-star type uh, quarterback out of high school um, at LSU, transferred over to Auburn as well before landing 
as the starter there at Texas State, and he actually had quite a good year for them. Threw for over 3,000 yards, scored 29 total touchdowns. They have a really high-powered offense there at Texas State, 17th nationally in scoring. They like to put up the points and go tempo. I think with Rice missing that key offensive personnel um, with JT Daniels, their signal caller, medically retiring, I think Texas State's going to be able to put up a lot of points on this Rice defense, and I don't think the Owls will be able to keep up. So I'll take that Bobcats to cover the four and a half. I see where you're going there. Of course, uh, the former president in Wolverine was Gerald R. Ford. This is Gerald J. Ford, who's a, a businessman from uh, Texas. So disregard all that stuff that I was saying before. My analysis went into this one. I saw Rice was 7-3-1 and one against the spread this year. Meanwhile, Texas State 5-6 and six against the spread. That's why I am taking Rice. And the four points, that was my analysis of the uh, first responder bowl. That gets us to the guaranteed rate bowl, Kansas and UNLV. The I'll, I'll make this pick. The Jayhawks OC is off to Penn State. They still have Lance Leopold. Uh, UNLV's quarterback is a huge question mark. That's why we have the, the gigantic number here. And I think Kansas, if, if they would have lost their head coach, that's a little bit different. Then losing the OC, although none of that's nice, but UNLV, you got to keep an eye and see if their quarterback is going to be in this game or not. If he is not, which it doesn't look like he is, uh, go with the Jayhawks, and that's what I'm doing here and laying the 12.5 points. Yeah, I was pretty much right on the total. The projections I was looking at, they had it at 13, so pretty much just nailed that. Uh, I was just going to attack the total here. I like that over 64.5. Like you mentioned, uh, Kansas OC was pretty creative, I thought, um, at Lance Leopold, with Lance Leopold there, uh, coaching the Kansas offense. I thought he does a really good job uh, getting his playmakers in space with the ball. Did a really good job managing a bunch of different quarterback personnel. They had injuries and pretty much up and down the roster at quarterback. They played three different guys this year at times. Kind of derailed a lot of their offense for a big part of the year. Um, so the record might not look all that impressive, but if you play them when they're healthy, um, I think that they're more impressive than their record says they are. Um, the couple weeks off here in bowl season to get healthy, I think they're going to look um, closer to like that top form that I think they can achieve. Um, UNLV also, they have a pretty unique balanced offense. Um, we saw like it's kind of they call it the go-go offense. It's, it's a unique uh, twist. Sometimes they'll have running backs both on the same side. Um, and then the quarterback in the middle, a lot of different weird stuff that they do in the backfield with their running back and quarterback alignment. Um, but I think they have a pretty, a pretty good creative and uh, unique offense there as well. I like that over 64 and a half there. I don't think either teams tackle particularly well either on defense. That always uh, makes me think the over. Um, I got both teams um, scoring a lot of points here. I had it at 42 to 28, um, Kansas. Well, that game is taking place in Phoenix, Arizona the following day, and we just have four games left. It's going to take place in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday, December the 27th. This game is going to be cold. You've got Virginia Tech and Tulane, and you've got the Hokies favored by eight. How do you see this one? The military. Yeah, so Tulane lost a lot from their team, both coaching staff. Obviously, they moved on to Houston. Their star quarterback is in the portal, Michael Pratt. Um, he was looking at Indiana as well. Um, I do think the guy Tulane hired, John Summerall, he's quite good. He took um, came over from Troy, uh, but he just took over. He's going to have to replace a bunch of key players there. Virginia Tech, on the other side, started playing a lot better down the stretch. They beat Boston College. 
um, and then lost a close one to NC State, and then they blew out UVA um, to close the year to get to that sixth win. So I'm going to take the Hokies there to cover to seven and a half, uh, given that they're playing a lot better down the stretch. I am too. And as much as I don't like taking these favorites, when I look at these teams and you start looking at the defections to the portal or just going pro, I mean, it's really hard. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm going to just roll with a third string quarterback because I'm getting six and a half points. Hard to do. And in fact, in, in this one, uh, I'm getting eight, but I'm not going to do it. Even though you just look at first glance and say, wow, Tulane, that's, a, that's not bad. Well, let's just go to the last three games. This is the Mayo Bowl. Uh, only time you like to have uh, Mayo dumped all over you. No Drake May uh, in this one. He is going to skip this one. If this would have been a nice one to watch. See Drake May, see if he could actually win a big game. But, nope, he's just going to go in and apparently get picked uh, top two in the country. You have West Virginia favored by six and a half. Everybody would take North Carolina if May was there, but now he is not. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Mountaineers too. North Carolina they've never won anything impressive, and not that they're going to have their quarterback. The Mayo is going to be going on West Virginia minus the six and a half without knowing anything about the backup quarterback for UNC. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. UNC's defense uh, was pretty problematic for them pretty much all year. And really the last couple of years, um, they've changed defensive coordinators. They've changed DB coaches. Whatever they seem to change on defense, none of it really works. Um, West Virginia on the other side, I think they're just going to be a more motivated team uh, going into this bowl season. They went 8-4. and four. They did go 8-4, and four. yep. Uh, I think he will be highly motivated to get to a ninth bowl game. I got West Virginia six and a half there with the motivation factor being a key reason why. Yeah. Let's get to this. So we got just two games left holiday bowl. You know, I didn't put one of my confident stars on this game, but I've been picking against USC all year long and that's been very good to me. No Caleb Williams in this one, Jeff Brom. He wants to be there in Louisville. The cards are favored by seven and a half. You might have to do a double take here, but USC doesn't want to be in this game. Nobody wants to be from the Trojans, to, you know, down in San Diego. They've already got the good weather. I think Louisville wins this one by double digits in the Holiday Bowl. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds like Miller Moss is going to be the quarterback there for USC. He's played uh, sporadically in the last couple of seasons. Usually when they're winning big, uh, he's been he's gotten some run as the quarterback there. Louisville, obviously, they came really close to winning that ACC title. Uh, they finished 10-3, and three, had a really good year for them. Going over to USC's offense, their line had a ton of issues this year. Couldn't really run the football um, at all, even when they had Caleb Williams. They fired their D.C. partway through the season, so it's kind of unclear who's going to be coaching the defense now for them. I mentioned earlier the uh, defensive coordinator from UCLA is going to be taking it over eventually, um, but obviously hasn't much, had much time to get to work with the personnel and the scheme of what he's going to do next year um, compared to who he's going to have playing in this game. Louisville's defense, though, they're they're very, very aggressive. I mentioned that in the ACC title game. They are a one-gap penetrating scheme. They really like to come at you, kind of a Don Brown-esque defense, if you will. Um, and looking at USC, their athletes, uh, I just think they're going to be able to make guys miss on the open field if you play them one-on-one coverage. I think Louisville is going to be a little bit over-aggressive in this one on defense. So I will take USC there. Just because um, a lot of the, well, a lot of the reason because you, you, uh, Louisville's defense is kind of a go for broke type style, 
and uh, USC has got the athletes, I think, to be able to make a miss in space. So I'll take the seven points there uh, for USC as the underdog, which is kind of a twist. It is weird. And uh, so is this last game, Oklahoma State. You know, they have been a real Jekyll and Hyde team. Ali Gordon, they're the Doak Walker Award winner, their running back. He uh, might be announcing that he's coming back uh, to Oklahoma State. Uh, that's who I'm taking. I'm taking the Cowboys here. Unless uh, OG is out of the game, then I would flip my uh, commitment to Texas A&M. But as it stands right now, I'm taking Oklahoma State. My final pick. Yeah, I'm with you. I, uh, I have this one in my more confident picks uh, as well, given, uh, like you said, assuming that Ali Gordon is going to play because based on what we know now, it sounds like he will. Um, and then kind of looking at the other team, obviously Texas A&M had the coaching change, everybody and their brothers in the transfer portal for them. Uh, Oklahoma State coming off that blowout loss to Texas. It's only a two-point spread with the All-American running back probably going to play. Alan Bowman, actually, I just saw today that he's going to try and get a seventh-year waiver to uh, come back again. So <laughs> assume uh, he's going to be playing in this one as well. The Aggies are going to be missing their top two quarterbacks. Um, both of them are in the portal. Um, and they also have like 15 other guys. I'm just going to go with the Pokes plus the two. I think they can win this game outright. Again, assuming that Ali Gordon plays, which based on what we know now seems likely to be the case. So I'll take the, uh, the plus two there. All right. Great job, Lucas, going through all of those. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching and listening to this. We will be back on Sharpening the Edge uh, towards the end of the month, part two, and pick the remaining bowl games. How's that sound? Yeah, those games are a lot more uh, big names, big brands, given that they're the later bowls. So if you listen to this one, uh, make sure you come back, tune into the next one. That'll be a more fun, interesting conversation. We'll have more insight uh, to give on those ones. But we did our best uh, bowl games, bowl seasons also. It's always a fun time of the year. A lot of upsets, a lot of chaos, things you don't see coming that end up happening. So, uh, yeah, it's always exciting to tune into. Uh, hopefully, taking these uh, over 500, keep the uh, the record. All right, great job, Lucas. We will talk with you later this month.